Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Performance Proof Health podcast with me, Martin McPhillamy. And sorry, I haven't been, um, haven't got one out for a while. It's been a, a very busy time for me. I have, uh, I've moved house into a into a, a new place with my partner now. Obviously, it's coming up to Christmas. Uh, trying to build uh, the website. Got a couple of eBooks that I'm working on. A book on stress and recovery, and also just finishing off the A to Z uh, nutrition bible which looks at some kind of rare herbs and supplements and different foods that can Im- Im- improve your health and performance. And then uh, I've also got a couple of friends staying with us at the moment. So they are actually currently in Thailand and Josh and Olivia, uh, two of my closest mates, have come back um, from traveling the world for two and a half years and they decided to come and stay, park, park up and stay with us for a couple of months, which is going to be, which is gonna be a great opportunity. But um, I, I've got some new equipment. I've got some new podcast equipment, some fantastic uh, road podcast mics. Uh, so I'm hoping the sound quality is going to be better on this one compared to the other ones. And I said to Josh that he could have my other microphone because he uses them for, for his work. And uh, I think he took that literally, he can, he can have it straight away rather than waiting. So I've not been out, he's taken it, he's taken it to Thailand with him. So I've not been able to do uh, a recording while he's away until my uh, my podcast came through the post, which they're here now, luckily. Got the Zoom H6 Handy Recorder, which is, um, I've been playing around it, it's pretty epic. I can uh, basically now record podcasts on the run and uh, I've got and can can go and record videos on the run and use a, use microphones and get some good quality content. So I'm challenging myself to upgrade on technology. I'm not the greatest with technology, to be honest with you. I have my own little comfort zone. It's taken me a while to work with my Mac my MacBook. I'm building my uh, my Instagram page and getting videos and stuff up there. But anyway, um, so what I am going to be discussing today is I am going to be discussing performance mindsets. So am I a massive high-performance coach? Am I someone like uh, Tony Robbins, Brendan Bruchard? Am I those guys? No, I've not been doing it for for that long. So don't go expecting huge things like that. I'm not going to go on a 60-minute reel of inspiring talks, but I'm going to give you to what I've I've learned um, in terms of my mindset and, and my mindset of success and reflecting on what I've what I've, what I've learned and uh, yes I've, I've, you know, I've consumed a bit of content from those guys and I consider myself at the my the highest performance I've been in terms of my mindset taking me towards uh, the goals that I want to achieve in my life at the moment so going to um, give give some of that back to you guys today it's, it was I put a post out onto my uh, Instagram of what people would like me to discuss and and this is it so First step for me is obviously defining what performance is. So performance for me, and I don't really care too much about you know your ability. Performance is just is the uh, the ability to get what you truly desire in life with minimum distraction within a given reasonable time frame. So how do we know what's a distraction? So the first thing you always need to do is you need to know what you truly desire. And that's pretty difficult when we're in a uh, such a, a world where we're bombarded with advertisements. We, uh, you know, we don't truly know who we are. A lot of people just go about living an unconscious life, just being dragged around like, puppet, like little pu- puppets on strings, working a, a nine to five job that they don't enjoy 
and just trying to basically survive. And they haven't really given much thought to who they are. They've just been dictated by their parents or their teachers or uh, anything since they were younger. And they've not really become an individual, gone through a process of what we call individuation. So my first step to actually forming your vision is looking to within your consciousness. And it's doing the work to understand who you truly are yourself. And that might just be down to your personality, the self-talk that you you talk to how you talk to yourself, you know, your self-awareness, um, your your values, your your um, your life philosophies. You need to figure those things out first, and then you really need to look at like, truly who do you not want to be, because it's easier to look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, this is what I don't like about myself. What do I then want to change? And if you start doing that, you start to realise that actually. You're, 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 you're not the person who you, you truly, truly are. You've just been running around doing these, uh, uh, running your life on these habits that were formed when you were younger and you can change these and you can change these for the better. But then what you need to actually do is you need to really look about what you truly want. And this is what we call a vision. And like I say, it's within a time frame. So for me, I put a 10 year time frame on it, but you can do shorter, you can go five years. But what that does, and you have to do it with emotion. Like you can't just say, okay, this is what I want. It's, you, okay, what do you truly want in your life? If you were to remove your parents, to remove cultural influence, if you to remove anything other than yourself, your individual, and those, those close people around that you want to be a part of your life, what would your vision be? What would you truly want? And for me, it's dreams. Like, what, what do you dream about? What inspires you? What makes you want to get up in the morning? What makes, what feels good in, on, on the inside and gives you that energy, uh, you know, that motivates, uh, motivational energy or that spiritual energy to get up in the morning? For me, that was always uh, serving individuals and improving people's health and, and talking to individuals and making them feel better and inspiring individuals to become the best version of themselves. And, that, and that's where the performance of health has come from, really. But um, once you've got that vision in place, what that actually does is it generates this kind of uh, a higher self within your mind, within your consciousness. All of a sudden, you're doing something for the greater good. And that creates this kind of tension within you that when you're not actually live, living within that, the, that, that purpose or that, that vision, when you're not living, step, taking steps towards that vision, you start to feel guilt, shame, depression within you. And that's what I believe, uh, you know, these, these negative uh, mindsets that people have is when they're not live, we're living within their values and they're not moving towards their vision. But if you don't have a vision, you're basically falling into what we call a law of entropy. When that, the law is just everything's going from order to chaos. Everything in, in, in the universe is just breaking down, essentially. It's like we are just pieces of stardust that have just been blown apart by a big bang. And everything's just breaking up and just scattering out as fast as it can. Then the same thing is, is, is within, our, within our consciousness. The universe is also consciousness, by the way. We won't go into that today. That's a whole new, a whole different theory. But we will get into that one day when I get this guy to go deeper into consciousness. But anyway, back to your vision. Having that vision in place creates this higher self. And when you actually don't, you're not taking steps to move towards this vision, you get this sense of shame, guilt, or whatever it is. And you can start to reflect on that. And you can reflect what, what habits are or what actions are you taking that are making you cause like that. And you just slowly pull these away. And this is what we call shadow work. And Carl Jung came up with this. And it's really looking into uh, the parts of you that you wish that you did not have. And it's, it's integrating all these unconscious parts of our brain. It's... it's, it's we, what we've done for, for, for all our, pretty much all our uh, younger life, we've just suppressed parts about ourselves that culture hasn't allowed to or parents haven't allowed to. Um, and uh, people, um, a lot, obviously, the, the main uh, factor or the main, one of the most um, 
uh, in society, it's going to be uh, things like homosexuality and stuff. They've always been uh, frowned upon, or, or and so people often suppress that for years. And it, but whatever gets suppressed, it ends up taking over, and it just becomes um, your, uh, you know, your your destiny essentially. So anyway, integrating that, that shadow and integrating that um, unconscious mind into your consciousness is, is, a, is a process called individuation. And that's where you realize that you are an individual, that you're an individual living a life, but you're actually here to serve as a bigger, as a, as a bigger part of society. And if you start creating that change within yourself, uh, you know, the old, old alchemical phrases that you, you will actually have then a big impact on your society as that spreads out as well. So number, number one, is, is forming that vision, but you actually actually become aware of yourself. So you have to look into within your own consciousness to begin with. Now, once you kind of have this realization of that you're an individual, you're bringing your unconscious into your conscious, and you've created this vision, that then opens up your, what's called your reticular activating, activating system. And that's a part of the brain that switches on and off, and on and off consciousness. But it actually is a part of the brain that uh, it, it, it's, it's our awareness so the conscious mind can only really can pick up roughly you know, two to five percent of the actual thing, everything that we see day to day so if we don't have a vision how are we meant to pick up on opportunities that are taking us closer to that vision we can't because you don't know what you want so first you need to know what you want and then all of a sudden you're starting to see these opportunities arise and for me as soon as I put down my uh, my vision of what I want and including the things that I actually wanted to have uh, within my life, these opportunities that people just knock on the doors or the phone just rings or you get a text or you see something on Instagram or someone says, do you want to do this, do you want to do this? And all of a sudden you go, okay, is this taking me one step closer to what I truly want in life, one step closer to my vision? Or is it not? And if it is, then great. Take the opportunity and say yes. Just don't don't worry about the failure. Don't worry about whether it's going to be successful. Just say yes. Now, if it's not, that's a distraction, and then you can avoid that. And for me, I noticed that a lot of my um, uh, listening to music, I was fascinated with trance music, always have been in my life, but it was starting to take up so much of my time that I then started to realize that it was a distraction because it was no longer serving me. It was no longer moving me towards what I want in my, with, my, with my vision. And I replaced that with uh, you know, learning from lectures and, and, and reading and spending more time doing that. And that's actually developed me so much more. So again, looking into those parts of your, into your consciousness, what you're doing, the actions and behaviors that you're taking, and just pulling those away and changing those habits so that you can be, uh, I guess, a better, uh, performing better in terms of being able to get what you want and taking the steps towards what you want. So having that, act, uh, that, that vision actually creates opportunity. Now, when you have opportunity, that then creates openness within your, within your life. And you know, actually having the ability to then say yes to these opportunities is uh, the best thing that you can do. Now, for me, actually, it's led me down. Saying yes to opportunities led me down some paths that have been incredibly amazing. Uh, I've got so many funny stories, so many amazing stories. But then it, uh, there's, there's, this one, there's always just been one opportunity where I thought, oh, my God, I've met an incredible individual. I've made a, a fantastic friend. Or I've managed to put on this lecture. Or I've managed to um, be on a podcast. Um, you know, if it wasn't for me saying yes to being on podcasts, and uh, I, I would never have this uh, what I'm doing now. And for for me, saying yes creates what's called a uh, an abundant mindset, because eventually you start to realize that the universe 
as cliche as it sounds, is going to start to deliver. And again, it comes back to that reticular activating system. It's, it's making you aware of everything that's around for you to move towards what it is what you truly want. The grand old saying of ask and you shall receive. It's, it sounds very cliche, but it's true. It works. And I would go away and write down now immediately start documenting what you truly want in your life in five years time. Because what you can then do is you can re reverse engineer that back down to say, okay, right, this is where I want to be in five years. This is where I want to be in three years. This is where I want to be in a year's time. What action can I be taking in the next 30 days that's going to take me one step closer? And you can then start to form the plan that you need to do to take that to, to, to get to your end goal. The end goal creates this tension. The tension is then going to go and seek resolution. And that seeking that resolution, as long as you don't resolve that resolution within yourself by procrastinating, by saying no, by being afraid to take opportunities, but by not taking action and just falling back into your, uh, con your, your unconscious habits of just, um, you know, not taking any action on what you want to do, um, then you're just going to resolve that tension. But that's just going to lead to what's called stress and, like I said, depression. Uh, and, and anxiety and issues because you're not truly being who you truly want to be and living in your true genius. Anyway, once you start to uh, say yes to opportunities, you then develop what's called a growth mindset. And the growth mindset is in terms of what Carol Dweck talks about in her book, Growth, growth Mindsets, is that actually you start to then um, realize that you can ch take on a lot more challenges and you can, failure is not really, uh, it's not really the be all or the end all, it's because it's just an opportunity to learn. And then you start to realize that everything that happens within your life is happening for you. It's happening for a reason. It's not happening against you. It kind of removes the victimhood from it and it allows you to be, okay, well, what, what can I pick out from this? Even though it, it wasn't as successful as I wanted to be, how can I pick out small little things to improve this? And I have reflected back on some of my worst relationships and you know, these relationships where I've always hated these individuals. And now I'm so grateful that I've been through all those because of the learning that I came from that. You know, you, you look into the deepest, darkest caves and you're gonna find that greatest pot of gold in there. There's gonna be a fantastic thing to learn from. And that wasn't there a couple of years ago. That wasn't there. And that was after kind of reading uh, Growth Mindsets by Carol Dweck that I started to, to develop this kind of mindset that was like, actually, I truly believe that I can do anything but it just means that I've got to take the opportunity to keep on learning about it. Now, the opposite to a growth mindset is a fixed mindset. And for, uh, there was a, m there's been plenty of times where I've had a, mix, a, a fixed mindset. For example, throughout school, um, you know, I was a reasonably intelligent person. I found the majority of my classes uh, quite easy. Uh, when I was at university, again, found things quite easy. And then when I went to a job role, I've always just picked things up quite easy. I was always been good at sport. And everyone's always said, all right, now Martin, you find things so easy. Find things so, you, get, you get good at things so easy in life. You know, everything just seems to be a breeze for you. Well, it, for the things that I enjoy, yes. But then the fixed mindset comes out when some, I'm not good at something. All of a sudden, I'm not good at something. I tell myself or resolve the tension in myself and say, okay, well, obviously, that's not for me. But what happens if a great opportunity comes up and I'm not quite good at that, that, that and I tell myself, no, okay, well, obviously it's not for me then, even though that opportunity could take me one step closer to where I wanted to go. The fixed mindset is telling yourself that you can't do it. The growth mindset is saying, okay, I, I'm willing to take the failure. I'm willing to then learn from it and willing to reflect on this and then take that next step to move, move you one step closer to success in, the opportunity, success in the opportunity. When you then start doing this, 
you all of a sudden a bit become a bit more creative. You start to be able to solve problems in your life. And creativity, for me, is, is, is one of the major keys in being able to form a vision and being able to uh, be, you know, be of a, a, a high-performance individual, the ability to, pr- pr- to problem-solve. Now, I've always said that I've never been a creative individual. I'm, I'm a guy who was into, into sciences, I was into maths, I was into rationalizing things, I was never into the arts, I was never really uh, good at things like languages and dancing and, and, all, and all those, uh, you know, music was never something, I played guitar for a short while, but I was never, I was, just, I was good at memorizing what I needed to do rather than being creative what I needed to do. So again, that was like this almost fixed mindset that, okay, you're not good at this, you're not, you're not a creative individual, that was the self-talk saying that I wasn't. Um, but what changed that was when, Someone, well, again, Josh gave me an opportunity. Um, it was probably about two and a half years ago now. He's like, Martin, you always love trance music. Um, why have you never learned how to DJ? And I all of a sudden, all of a sudden said, well, it's just never something that's literally crossed my mind. It's not, I'm not a creative individual. Um, I'm no good at the arts. And, and it's just not something for me. And he goes, well, if you want to, um, I've actually got you a gig in eight weeks. So here's the equipment. Here, go away. See if you can go and learn. Again, that created some tension in my mind, saying yes to the opportunities. It was a point where I was saying yes, uh, yes to, to a lot of things in life. And it created this tension in my mind saying, I want to succeed. I want to do this. So it's something that I want to complete. And then all of a sudden, I started just mixing on, on, on a, you know, DJ Jacks. And within uh, three or four weeks, I started to learn. I had a couple of lessons. And I was all of a sudden being very creative with my music. But what I realized is that I was actually... Uh, becoming a bit more creative uh, outside of that as well. I was starting to have a lot of ideas before I was going to sleep. In, in, in my downtime, when I was meditating, I was coming up with a lot of ideas. And if it wasn't for um, doing, get, saying yes to this DJing opportunity, I don't think Performance of Who Health would have came out because that came out of a, of a, a crazy uh, vision that I had or a crazy dream that I had one night that I'll talk about on, on another podcast where all of a sudden then I spent a whole night just writing these whole ideas for, for a good six hours just continuously writing about all this, all, you know, this, this, this grand scheme of, of Performance Through Health. But what I've realized reading through some literature and looking into to what that does is, is cr- creativity or imagination is essentially all it is is, is turning uh, chaos, uh, chaos into order. So it's the unknown into the known. So it's actually passing uh, information from our left, left-hand side of our brain to the right side of our brain. So we get what's called uh, neuroplasticity, and that's the formation of new connections in the brain between the left and the right. And that means that our left and right side of the brains are working better, and that makes you a more creative individual. But when you go into the arts, and because arts is always having to take action, it's very alchemical. You have to actually produce. You have you have nothing to begin with, and then you actually have to take action to create something. So there's a difference between the arts and the sciences. The sciences is knowledge, and then you create. Whereas the arts is you have to create first to get to to get a final product. But what that does is it actually creates what's called flow states, and it puts your brain into this kind of theta state, and that's a. Uh, when people meditate um, and when people are kind of in this bit of a, you know, I guess a daydream, is that you're in this fetus state and all you're doing is just your brain's becoming very creative and it's almost like you're in a, a bit of a different world from everywhere else, but you, you're almost, um, uh, you're aware of where you're at the same time. What flow states are, it's when something is just beyond your, um, your reach in terms of your ability, 
but it's actually interesting enough that you're going to continue it. And actually, there's enough tension in there, and that tension is often to do with time, a time period. And you then all of a sudden you don't have, you're not distracted by anything. You just get lost, and all of a sudden your your time just disappears. It's almost like you you look away, and it's been an hour. That's when it, that's when the flow states occurs. And when flow states occurs, you're in your ultimate creative state. So that's when I uh, started to realize that actually. Getting, stepping into the arts and everyone should have uh, some form of arts within their life whether that's music dance um, you know a drawing or, 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 or you know, sports anything like that I really believe that it, it helps uh, you in terms of your ability to problem solve elsewhere and then the next step after you're doing that is obviously being able to communicate so your uh, not only your self-talk it's also to do with your ability to influence individuals and uh, just you know, talk about what you want to do in terms of your, um, in terms of your vision. Seeing if we can get people on board with that. See if you can influence other individuals to, to to see into your vision, so that you've got a bit of a network behind you, and that you can actually start moving or contributing uh, as a as a collective together. Because that's only going to be beneficial for you. So self talk. and we go back to that sort of stuff? Um, I guess there's been periods in my life where I've had quite negative self talk, but uh, I, I remember I committed to. My um, 30-day challenge, where I was just going to go and to give as much value as as possible over these 30 days, and that part of that uh, giving value was was, tr- was truly complimenting individuals when when I felt like I, I, um, um, I no I I honestly authentically felt like I, I should, and what that did is it actually started to generate. Um, this is going off topic actually because this is a bit. Uh, this is more to do with value rather than self-talk. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to self-talk later on. The, in terms of becoming an invaluable individual, when, people, when you're a valuable individual, individual, you become more attractive. So when you're a more attractive, people then also give you more opportunities. So that goes back to the abundance as well. So becoming an, an evalu- a valuable individual is all about uh, con- contribution, serving others, um, making sure that you are if, if anyone asks for something you can and you can support them support them or you know be willingly to give, to give your time up for, for without expectation well, often, often we we do stuff to try and expect that we're going to get stuff from it back and that doesn't really work because it creates this covert contract and the other individual doesn't know about this contract that's within our minds so therefore um, we get let down or we feel resentment and it, and the, the whole ethos of giving doesn't really really work when you uh, have expectations Anyway, um, back to the self-talk. I committed to um, whenever, for 30 days, whenever I went out my room at work and got a patient, and the patient is always asks you, how are you? Okay, and I found myself, whenever a patient was asking how I was, and I would say, yeah, okay, I'm all good. Something like all good, or oh yeah, I've had a good, like, good day. Something that's kind of lame, not very energetic, not really uplifting. You, you don't really get the opportunity to actually feel like that. So you, if you say, I'm not bad, you know, you, you repeatedly say um, in conversation, yeah, I'm, I'm okay, or, or, or whatever, something that's quite lame, you, you, you're missing out on an opportunity. So what I started to do is I actually started to find things to be very grateful for or very excited about. So when anyone asked me about anything, I was like, oh, I'm absolutely awesome, thanks, or I've had a fantastic week, uh, week thanks, or no, I'm, I feel great. And what that does is it actually then changes that other individual that you're around. So then that Actually, you feel that connection. You're both raised up, and you're both brought up, and people feel find that really attractive. But over 
uh, 20, 30 days of doing that, I realized that I was changing and that actually my self-talk was changing and that I was bigging myself up a bit. So go away and try that yourself and you'll find that you're actually um, able to influence individuals a lot better. So first we've got conscious, look into your consciousness um, and then uh, you know, forming, forming your, your vision of what you truly want. And then it's about uh, find, finding those opportunities and saying yes to them, becoming open, looking for the abundance mindset, being willing to uh, challenge yourself and grow. And then uh, once you've done that, you know you can develop your creativity, your self-communication, communication with others. Uh, I have uh, learned a lot to do with body language and um, uh, some kind of uh, work, working out from linguistics, how people learn. And we'll go into that on another podcast one day. And then it's about uh, practice. And then what you got to do is you've basically got to be able to uh, contribute and uh, become a valuable individual and provide service to individuals. Um, anyway, so that would be my four main steps into terms of performance mindsets. And then it's all about ac- uh, taking those ac- that action and forming those habits to make sure that you're you know you have structure you're moving towards your goals you're minimizing your distractions and that you're willing to take action on any opportunity you can so thanks for listening guys it's been a bit of a waffle i hope you guys got something out of this and uh, if there any feedback that's much appreciated cheers